you're here to make a significant announcement. I've registered as an Arizona independent. I know some people might be a little bit surprised by this, but actually, I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, a growing number of Arizonans and people like me just don't feel like we fit neatly into one party's box or the other. And so, like many across the state and the nation, I've decided to leave that partisan process and really just focus on the work that I think matters to Arizona and to our country, which is solving problems and getting things done. Welcome to 10 Minutes on Democracy. I'm Jason Franklin, Senior Advisor at One for Democracy, and today is Tuesday, December 13th. I'm talking with you today from Washington, D.C., where I'll be attending the signing ceremony of the Respect for Marriage Act this afternoon at the White House. The Respect for Marriage Act was passed after mounting pressure after Justice Clarence Thomas argued in his concurring opinion in the Dobbs decision that repealed Roe v. Wade that other rulings that rested on the right to privacy should also be revisited. The RMA was passed with surprising levels of bipartisan support, and it repeals the Defense of Marriage Act, requires the U.S. federal government to recognize the validity of same-sex and interracial marriages in the U.S., and in a deal to win Republican support, includes several measures aimed at protecting religious liberty. While I'm personally mixed about the compromises made to pass this bill and frankly angry that the right to marriage is still being debated, nonetheless, I'm excited to celebrate the passage of this long overdue federal support for marriage equality today. With that being said, the biggest conversation in D.C. is not actually about the White House, but about the Senate this week. That clip you heard at the start of this podcast was from Arizona Senator Kristen Sinema's exclusive interview with CNN's Jake Tapper on Friday, where she announced that she was leaving the Democratic Party and registering as a political independent. Coming right on the heels of Raphael Warnock's win in the Georgia runoff, this kind of threw a bunch of conversations into a tizzy last week. What would that mean for the Senate majority? However, it's gotten clear that Cinema is retaining her committee assignments, and while she's not going to caucus with either party, as she says she's not going to attend caucus meetings, she will still vote with Democrats, with, which leaves Democrats with a 51-49 majority in terms of Senate parliamentary process. So what that means is actually a lot. It means that they will have they won't be in the power sharing agreement they've been during the 50-50 even split. Instead, they will have the majority for all committee assignments. They will have all committee chairs. They will have subpoena power without any Republican support in the Senate. They will be able to move judicial nominations and executive appointments faster through the Senate. So a lot of things that really matter about maintaining that 51-49 majority versus a 50-50 split, particularly with the House going back to Republican control. Um, And this is after, of course, this... Democrats had just a few days to celebrate Warnock winning the re-election in Georgia. Although there's already conversation in Georgia because of the long lines and lower turnout that they're discussing reforms to the 2021's controversial Senate Bill 202, which was the state-level voter regulation, or as I would call it, voter suppression bill, pushed through by Republicans in Georgia. Now, the conversations are going both directions. Some people are arguing that the long lines, the low turnout means that this was too repressive. You should repeal things. You should move it back. But there's also already conservative efforts to ramp up and tighten even greater because they see the fact that Warnock winning as a sign that they hadn't done enough to tighten the elections. So it's always the conversation and the debate about both who is in power and what type of reforms to democracy will impact who gets to be in power and what that looks like. You're also seeing conversations in other states continuing about voting rights. Um, Besides the conversations in Georgia, 
Yesterday, the Ohio House of Representatives uh, Government Oversight Committee approved a bill that would restrict mail voting and make the state's voter ID laws even more stringent. That's expected to move into the full House um, very quickly and likely be passed in Ohio, new voter suppression in Ohio, which would impact the 24 elections. On the flip side, New York enacted a bill uh, last week that will ensure eligible voters get to cast their vote even if they show up at the incorrect polling place. And Missouri lawmakers pre-filed legislation to give voters an opportunity to correct errors on their mail ballot envelopes, although whether it will get passed is a much bigger question. This wasn't an issue so far in Missouri, but was a big issue over in Pennsylvania this last election. So how this will play out and what it will mean in these different states remains to be seen. Speaking of Pennsylvania, one of the other big conversations right now going on is, what does democracy look like when you have a contest over who actually has the majority? And it depends about timing. So in Pennsylvania, the Democrats won 102 seats in November compared to 101 seats for Republicans. But only 99 of those 102 Democrats will be taking the oath next month. That's because state rep Tony DeLuca was reelected a month after he had actually passed away. And fellow Pittsburgh area Democrats Summer Lee and Austin Davis both resigned last week to, as they prepare to assume their new roles. Summer Lee is a newly elected congresswoman. Austin Davis will become lieutenant governor. So now the debate is who gets to schedule special elections to fill those three seats. So you've got Republican Brian Cutler is filing a lawsuit saying that Democratic Joanna McClinton doesn't have the authority to schedule the elections because it's whoever has the majority. She's arguing that because they won the majority, they will be in the majority and she can actually step in in this moment in between. So it's the question of who gets to be the majority leader um, as the presiding officer when there is no speaker and no one can become speaker of the Pennsylvania State House till the full chamber holds a vote in January. So this is interesting and important, both because of what it means for Pennsylvania politics, but also just as a reminder, even though it's getting spun, the Democrats had a big victory across the board in the midterms. They did so much better than expected, which is true. Also, so many state chambers, as well as our Congress of both chambers, are very slim majorities. And in those moments of slim majority, the future of democracy, the future of voting rights, the future of policy change hinges often on parliamentary procedure. In the U.S. House of Representatives, also a debate over who's going to become speaker. In this case, you've got six Republicans who said they won't vote for McCarthy to become speaker. He can only afford to have four Republicans vote against him because in the U.S. House of Representatives, to become speaker, you need the majority of the entire House of Representatives, not just the majority of the majority caucus. And so there's actually now discussion that some of moderate Republicans might caucus with the Democrats to elect a moderate Democrat, a Speaker of the House, if Republicans can't elect their own Speaker. Whether that'll play out or not remains to be seen, but just lots of important reminders in the weeks following the midterm, and particularly the week following the runoff in Georgia, of how closely divided our democracy remains. And of course, the minute we finish an election, everyone starts talking about the next one. Cinema's move to become an independent is, of course, very closely tied to her campaign. She's a very unpopular incumbent among Democrats in Arizona. A lot of speculation that she did this to be able to not have to run in a Democratic primary for re-election in 2024. Uh, 
if instead she ran as an independent, maybe she could split the vote, maybe she could get some moderate Republicans, or she could end up as among a very small group of sitting senators who've taken third place or worse in general elections. Um, and that's only happened eight times in the last century. So what that means, she has still not said if she's going to run for re-election in 2024, but a lot of eyes on Arizona. Of course, eyes are also in West Virginia. Manchin has said he's not going to decide until next year of whether he's going to run. Um, and in Montana, um, over the weekend, Democratic Senator John Tester, who's would be running for re-election, probably one of the other hardest states outside of West Virginia for Democrats, said that he's going to talk with his family over the holidays about whether he'll seek a fourth term. But he sounded mo- pretty much like he's going to run again, as he said, people are going to come after him, but hopefully we'll get through it and then be successful come November 2024. So there's already this positioning. And as you, I've talked about before on this podcast, what we know is the Democrats got very lucky in doing as well as they did in this election because the map for Senate control in 2024 is even harder for Democrats. And so what that looks like, how the presidential election will impact the Senate, Democrats could very well lose the Senate and regain the House. But all of these questions of both who will win political power, but also will our democracy keep functioning through the ups and downs of this highly polarized partisan and knife edge balance back and forth. It's going to be continued testing of this situation and of our democracy over the next few months and few years. So we'll talk more about it next week for our final 10 minutes on democracy podcast of the year. But for now, that's all for this week's review of American democracy. I look forward to talking with you again next week. Until then, take care.